Hey everyone, it's Twin Teen Tales with Aussie Dad, and today we're continuing the book Dork Diaries. Tuesday, September 24. I was hoping Chloe and Zoe were over their wacky idea of getting tattoos for National Library Week. Thank goodness their parents said no way, but when I saw them in gym class, they were still pretty upset. Our gym teacher divided us up into groups of three for our ballet skills tests, and at first I was happy that me, Chloe and Zoe were together. Each group was supposed to pick classical music from the teacher's CD collection and then make up a short dance routine using the five ballet positions we had learned over the past weeks. Since I knew all of them, I was sure I was going to get an A, or at lowest, maybe a B plus on the test. But, unfortunately, Chloe and Zoe were too depressed to participate. I was like, come on guys, cheer up, we have to make up our ballet routine and practice it before we run out of time. But both of them just stared at me with big, sad puppy dog eyes. I can't believe our parents won't let us get tattoos. How unfair is that? Chloe whined. And now, Mrs. Peach will never pick us for the trip to New York City. It's like our hopes and dreams have shriveled up and died. Zoe sniffed, wiping a tear. They spent the next 45 minutes venting, and I, being the sensitive and caring friend that I am, sat quietly and listened. Then the gym teacher came over and told us she was ready to start grading, and we're going to be the second group to go. I just about had a heart attack, because we haven't selected any music, or made up a routine. I ran over really quick to grab a CD, and the only one left was Swan Lake, and since I had seen Mackenzie looking at it a few minutes earlier, I was definitely a little suspicious. So the first thing I did was pop open the CD case and peek inside. I was surprised and relieved to see that a CD was still in there. Hey, I didn't trust that girl as far as I could throw her. Mackenzie's group was first, and I have to admit, they were pretty good, but it wasn't due to their awesome talent. Combined, the three of them had like... 89 years of private lessons. They danced to Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy and ended their routine like this. Doing the splits. What a bunch of show-offs. I mean, what real classically trained ballerina would end her dance by doing splits and cheesing, which BTW, by the way, means smiling, like she just got her braces off or something. I was like, hey girlfriends, this ain't dancing with the stars but I just said it inside my head so no one else heard it but me. We were up next and I started getting butterflies in my stomach. Not because I was nervous, I just really hated humiliating myself in public. Chloe must have seen a look on my face because she whispered, don't panic, just follow my lead. I took ballet lessons for three weeks back in second grade. I said, thanks for sharing that Chloe, now I feel so much better. Then Zoe whispered, What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Which of course had nothing whatsoever to do with anything. I had a really bad feeling about our routine and we haven't even started it yet. Mainly because I discovered our Swan Lake CD was actually not a Swan Lake CD. It said Swan Lake on the case but the CD inside said something else. When I read the title, I was like, what the? It was Thriller by Michael Jackson. Then my teacher snatched the CD out of my hand and popped it into her CD player and told us to take our places in front of the class. 
I was about to explain that we had a slight complication with our music, but I got distracted when Mackenzie's group started squealing and hugging each other. They had got an A-plus on their routine, but it was not like I was jealous or anything. I mean, how totally juvenile would that be? Anyway, when our music came on, Chloe must have completely forgotten we were supposed to be doing a ballet routine because she started doing some funky dance moves like she was out of those half-rotted zombies from the Thriller music video. The next thing I knew, Zoe was acting like a zombie too, so I didn't have a choice but to follow along. Plus, I figured our teacher would probably knock a few points off our grade if Chloe and Zoe were staggering around like the undead and I was doing ballet plies in first and third position. Okay, I really, really like Chloe and Zoe, but while I was up there dancing with them, I couldn't help thinking, what am I? Flypaper for freaks? I had to keep reminding myself that this whole thing was Mackenzie's fault, not theirs. Actually, I was surprised that Chloe and Zoe were such good dancers. It looked like our gym teacher was pretty impressed too, because when we finished, she just stared at us with her mouth open and started tapping her ink pen on the clipboard really fast. Then she asked us to see her after class. We were really nervous when we went up to talk to her because we didn't know what to expect. Chloe and Zoe thought maybe she was going to ask us to join the school's dance squad since she was the assistant coach. I was keeping my fingers crossed on that one because dance squad meant automatic membership in the CCP clique. Our teacher smiled and said, Girls, if we were doing a section on contemporary dance, you would have definitely got an A+. After hearing that, I was pretty sure she was going to give us a good grade on our routine, even though we had made it up on the spot and with the wrong music. Then, our teacher stopped smiling. The three of you were supposed to be doing classical ballet, but you weren't even close. The highest grade I can give you is a D. I'm really sorry. We were like, oh no, she didn't. Me, Chloe and Zoe were crushed, literally. Then I screamed at my teacher, Are you nuts? How in the world can you give us a D? Do you even realise how tricky those dance steps were? It was definitely a lot harder than it looked. Let me see you try the moonwalk like a zombie, sister. But I just said all of that in my head so no one heard it but me. And get this, then our teacher had the nerve to tell us to hit the showers. Like, what did showering have to do with classical ballet? Absolutely nothing. I was a little peeved at Chloe and Zoe because if they had not been wasting time whining about tattoos and National Library Week, we could have made up a decent ballet routine to the correct music and maybe earned at least a C. But no. Then, at lunch, things went from bad to worse. Chloe and Zoe had a total meltdown. They actually came up with this elaborate scheme to run away from home and live in the secret underground tunnels beneath the New York City Public Library. But the crazy part was that they planned to leave this Friday and then just hang out for seven whole months until National Library Week rolled around in April. They figured that by arriving early they'd get in free and be first in line for the author meet and greet. Chloe said reciting at the library was going to be an exhilarating experience because they could read all the books they wanted 24 hours a day without having to check them out or reshelve them. And Zoe said they were going to live off Diet Pepsi and nachos while they planned to swipe from the library snack bar each night. 
I cannot believe Chloe and Zoe are actually going to do something so crazy, dangerous and illegal. And I plan to do everything within my power to stop them. Why? Because Chloe and Zoe are my best friends at this school. And my only friends at this school. But that's beside the point. Unfortunately, I only have two options. One, rat them out to their rents and risk losing their friendship forever. Or two, figure out a way to get girlfriends some tattoos for National Library Week, PDQ. Which, by the way, means pretty darn quick. Wednesday, September 25th. I hardly got any sleep last night. I kept having horrible nightmares about Chloe and Zoe living in the secret underground tunnels beneath the New York City Public Library. In one of my dreams, they were having a dinner party with some of their neighbours. And in the scariest one, I got married to Brandon Roberts and Chloe and Zoe were bridesmaids, but they brought a few uninvited guests to my wedding. I actually woke up screaming my head off until I realised it was all just a very bad dream. Thursday, September 26. This morning at breakfast, my little sister, Brianna, got on my last nerve. I was just sitting there eating my cinnamon life, reading the back of the cereal box and trying to figure out what I was going to do about the Chloe and Zoe situation. They were planning to leave in less than 24 hours. Brianna was eating fruity pebbles and drawing a face on her hand with an ink pen. She said she was naming the face Miss Penelope because she was born from a pen. Even though I was trying to concentrate on my personal problems, Miss Penelope asked me to watch her perform Itsy Bitsy Spider, the Rihanna remix version. Apparently, the Itsy Bitsy Spider went up the water spout, but got washed out by the rain because he had no umbrella. Ella, Ella, eh, eh, eh. The whole thing annoyed me to no M because I wasn't that into puppet shows. Anyway, I warned both Brianna and Miss Penelope to quit bothering me, mainly because I was in a really horrible mood. And it was not helping mothers that Miss Penelope's awful singing sounded like a humpback whale in labour. She must have been highly insulted by my unbiased critique of her singing abilities because she hauled off and punched me on my arm. So I grabbed Miss Penelope and tried to drown her in my cereal bowl. I was like, got milk? Brianna started screaming, stop it! Miss Penelope can't swim! Let her go! You're smushing her face! But I wouldn't let go. That is, until my mum walked into the kitchen. Why on earth are you shoving your sister's hand in your cereal? Let go of her this instant! So I released Miss Penelope, only because I didn't have a choice. Brianna stuck her tongue out at me. Miss Penelope says she's not inviting you to her birthday party. Na 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 na. Then I stuck my tongue out at her and said, I've already not been invited to a birthday party. So there. I could thank Mackenzie for that one. Anyway, I think I taught Miss Penelope a good lesson. I bet she won't be interrupting my breakfast again any time soon. Since my cereal had been contaminated by Miss Penelope's germs, I dumped it into the sink and ran upstairs to my bedroom. I sat in my bed and stared at my wall as a million thoughts bounced around in my head. I had to admit, the Chloe and Zoe situation seemed hopeless, and there was nothing I could do to fix it. To make matters worse, Miss Penelope was still in the kitchen singing so off-key I thought my ears were going to bleed. I felt like taking my favourite pen, a water-based non-toxic dark purple gel ink pen by Hot Rider Ink, and drawing a big fat zipper across her mouth to shut her up. But I was pretty sure my mum would have just yelled at me again. 
I mainly just use it to write in my diary and to bring me good luck, but lately the good luck part hasn't been working so well. I was twirling my pen in my fingers when suddenly the craziest idea popped into my head. I was like, OMG, this might work. I quickly scribbled out two notes and then rushed off to school 15 minutes early to tape them on Chloe and Zoe's lockers. The note said, meet me in the janitor's closet before class starts. It's really important. Nikki. I waited in the janitor's closet for five long minutes and was starting to worry they were not going to show up, but finally they did. I hope you didn't ask us to come here and try and change our minds about running away, Chloe said, real serious-like. Yeah, this is something we just got to do, Zoe said, staring at the floor. It got so sad and quiet, I thought I was going to cry. Um, I asked you both to come here to tell you about a special present I wanted to give you on Monday, but since you're leaving tomorrow... Of course, this made Chloe and Zoe really curious, and they started begging me to tell them what it was. Well, you may not know this, but I'm a pretty decent artist. Not that I'm bragging or anything. And since you guys are my BFFs, I've decided to personally give you each a tattoo. Temporary ones, in honour of National Library Week. At first, Chloe and Zoe just stared at me like they couldn't believe it. Then they started screaming and jumping up and down and hugging me. Just decide what kind you want, I said, and I'll design it over the weekend and draw it during lunch on Monday. But you both have to make me one. Promise? Anything, Zoe Gush. Let me guess. We have to ditch our plans to run away and live at the New York City Library? Okay, then it's officially cancelled, Chloe announced, and did jazz hands like the show was over. Actually, that's not what I meant, I said, hiding my smile and trying to look all scary serious. I want you both to promise me you won't bring rats to my wedding. Huh? They both looked at me like I was crazy. Never mind, I giggled. It's a long story. Friday, September 27. Before biology class started, I noticed Brandon was kind of staring at me, but I wasn't sure if it was my imagination or not. Lately, it seemed like whenever I looked at him, he was looking at me. But then we both would look away and pretend like we weren't really looking at each other. Well, today he actually smiled at me and said, So, which cell cycle would you rather study, mitosis or meiosis? I smiled back and kind of shrugged my shoulders because actually I hated both of them equally and I was afraid that anything I said would probably make me look like a bigger idiot than he already thought I was. But the main reason I couldn't talk to Brandon was because I was suffering from a very severe and debilitating case of RCS or roller coaster syndrome. Studies show that it mainly attacks girls between the ages of 8 and 16. The symptoms are difficult to describe, but whenever Brandon talks to me, my stomach feels like I'm dropping 300 meters at 80 miles per hour. Simply calling up butterflies is a common and dangerous misdiagnosis. Suddenly, and without warning, I feel compelled to throw my hands up in the air like I just don't care and scream, Wee! Then, my day got even better. While I was working in the library, Brandon came in to return a book called Photography and You. I was just sitting there, doodling a few tattoo designs for Chloe and Zoe, when he leaned across the counter and peeked at my notebook. Now that is good. I didn't know you were an artist. I looked around to see who he was talking to. Then, I totally freaked out when I realised he was actually talking to me.
I could hardly breathe. Thanks, but it's no big deal. I've been going to art camp like forever. And last summer I got practically a million mosquito bites and wow, did they ever itch. I babbled like an idiot. Well, one thing is for sure, you definitely got skills. Brandon's hair was hanging in his eyes again as he smiled and kind of leaned in even closer to look at my sketches. I thought I was going to die. He smelled like snuggle fabric softener, axe body spray and red licorice. I couldn't stop blushing and there was no way I could draw with him watching me like that. I started feeling that roller coaster thing all over again. <gasps> Whee! Suddenly, Brandon's eyes seemed to twinkle with excitement. Hey, are you entering the avant-garde art competition? I'll be covering it for the newspaper. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but everyone is saying Mackenzie's fashion illustrations are going to win this year, so I don't know. Mackenzie? Are you kidding? You have more talent in your smallest burp than she has in her entire body. I'm serious. You know that, right? I could not believe Brandon actually said that. It was so rude. So wickedly funny. So... True! We both laughed really hard. I didn't know he had such a wacky sense of humour. Soon, Chloe and Zoe came staggering up to the front desk, each loaded down with a stack of books that needed to be put away. When they saw us, their mouths dropped open. They looked at me, then at Brandon, then at me again, then at Brandon, then back at me, then Brandon, then me, then Brandon again. This went on like forever. They were gawking at us like we were a new animal exhibit at the zoo or something. It was so embarrassing. Brandon's smile went slightly crooked, but otherwise he acted coolly nonchalant about the whole thing. Hey Chloe, hey Zoe, he said. But they were so shocked, they didn't even answer him. Well, I better get back to class. See you later, Nicky. Then he strolled out the door and disappeared into the hall. Chloe and Zoe made a big deal over Brendan talking to me like that and started nagging me to admit he was my secret crush. After I made them both pinky swear not to tell anyone, I told them about how Brandon had helped me up after Jessica tripped me in the cafeteria a couple of weeks ago. Then I grabbed my backpack and unzipped the cute little pocket in the front and showed them the napkin. At first I just stared at it in awe, but soon they were teasing me and giggling like two kindergartners. Brandon and Nikki sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. I told them to shut up before someone overheard them and it got out all over the school. Chloe insisted that I keep the napkin for the rest of my life because there was a chance that Brendan and I could accidentally meet up on some exotic, romantic island 20 years from now. She said it could happen just like it did in those chick flicks at the movie theatre. Then there's a little cartoon done about it all. My best friend's napkin, Sleepless in San Diego, directed by Chloe Christina Garcia. Brendan. I couldn't help but notice you from across the room and be hopelessly drawn to your brains and beauty. It almost seems that we've met before, perhaps in another place, another time, another life. Me. Alas, allergy season is upon us. Please take this most cherished napkin from my very heart-wrenching mysterious past and do with it what you must. <laughs> Me. Ah, oh, Brandon sneezes into the napkin. Me. 
What a powerful sneeze you have. It is aptly, uh, aptly captured in this delicate napkin of forgotten love. Now merely a disposable tissue drenched in lost and shattered dreams. Brandon. Hark! Do my eyes deceive me? I'd recognize our napkin in even the darkest of murky depths. My joy and passion overwhelm me. And then they're both holding each other's hands and Brandon is... Is it really you, my beloved Nikki? Finally, I've found my true love. Will you marry me? The end. I told Chloe her story was really sweet and romantic, but if the napkin was really dripping with snot and Brandon proposed on the spot like that, my story would probably have a different ending. Me. Gee, Brandon, I think we need to take things a bit slower. First, let's get rid of the snotty napkin. Ugh. Second, how about pizza and the movie? The end. Zoe said she didn't blame me for rewriting Chloe's happy ending because snot and airborne bacterial particles were the most common way of transmitting germs to others. But Chloe complained we both totally missed her point. The napkin, germy or not, should be cherished because it was a token of Brandon's love. And after reading Twilight, she had learned that forbidden love Obsession and sacrifice could be very messy things, just like snot. I had to admit that Chloe had a really good point. Then Zoe said I should always remember that guys are from Mars and girls are from Venus because they think and communicate very differently according to a book she was reading on dating. I was really surprised to hear this because I thought for sure that Earth was the only planet with human life on it. I'm really glad Chloe and Zoe know so much about guys, dating, love, and stuff like that. Because I don't have a clue. Duh. Saturday, September 28th. This is going to be my longest diary entry ever. I have the most horrible headache, and it's all Brianna's fault. Why, why, why couldn't I have been born an only child? Okay, this is what happened. My mum and Brianna were supposed to see a matinee movie today, but mum needed to go to the mall to buy a present for a baby shower she was attending later this evening. So she offered me $10 to take Brianna to the movie in her place. Since I was broke, I agreed to do it. I figured that, at the worst, I could sleep through the movie and earn $10 for a 90-minute nap. The movie was called Princess Sugarplum Saves Baby Unicorn Island Part 3. There must have been 400 squealing little girls there, and half of them were dressed up like princesses and unicorns. I should have charged my mum $50 for taking Brianna, because the whole event was so sugary sweet, it actually made me nauseous. But Brianna thought the movie was super scary because there was a fairy in it, and she has this irrational fear that the tooth fairy is going to pull out all her teeth to make dentures for old people. I guess she could say she suffers from fairy phobia? Anyway... Brianna practically drove me crazy because every time the fairy appeared on the screen, she got really scared, grabbed my arm and bumped my popcorn. I must have dumped three whole boxes on a nice lady sitting next to me, but when that nice lady looked like she was going to slug me, I decided it would be safer to eat raisinets instead. I was too happy when that stupid movie was finally over. Brianna and I were waiting near the main entrance for Mum to pick us up. However... When I saw Dad pull up in his Maxwell's Bug extermination van, I got a really bad feeling. Although that creepy-looking roach boulder to the top of his van gave most people a really bad feeling. 
By the way, the roach's name is Max, courtesy of Brianna, because if I had a puppy, I'd name him Max. I was like, oh crud. If anyone from my school saw me getting into Dad's van, my life would be over. I scanned the crowd for middle school kids, and luckily, it was still mostly three to six-year-olds. Hi girls, hop in. Your mum's still shopping. I just got an emergency call, so you get to ride along to keep me company, my dad said, winking. I was like, um, thanks dad, but I have an awful lot of homework to do, so could you just drop me home first, please? I was trying really hard to remain calm. My dad glanced at his watch and frowned. Sorry, but I don't have time to swing by the house. This customer is hysterical and has agreed to pay my emergency rates. She's hosting some kind of big shindig later today and says her house is crawling with bugs inside and out. Hundreds of them just showed up out of the blue this morning. Ick, Brianna said, scrunching up her nose. Sounds like a box elder infestation to me, Dad continued. Hopefully she's not throwing that baby shower your mum was supposed to be attending later today. I grumpily climbed into the front seat of the van and tried to slouch down really low so no one could see me. Whenever we stopped at a red light, a bunch of people would point, stare, and laugh. None at me, at our roach. For some reason, Brianna thought all the gawkers were just being friendly, so she started smiling, waving, and throwing kisses out the window like she'd just been crowned Miss America or something. And Dad was pretty used to all the rude stares. He just ignored them and hummed along to his Saturday Night Fever CD. Thank goodness, I noticed an empty grocery bag sticking out from under the seat. Even though it said, Warning. To avoid serious injury or death, please keep plastic away from very young children. I poked two eye holes in it and pulled it down over my head. First of all, I wasn't a very young child. And second of all, I'd rather suffer a slow and painful death by asphyxiation than be spotted riding around in the roachmobile. I have to admit, we probably look like a freak show on wheels. It was so embarrassing. I wondered how serious my injuries would be if I jumped from a moving vehicle travelling 45 miles per hour. Assuming I survived, I could at least walk home and end a humiliating ride in Dad's van. About 10 minutes later we drove up a long driveway that led to a huge house. Wow, nice house I thought, too bad it has bugs. Brianna stared at the house in awe. Daddy, can I go inside with you, pretty please? Sorry pumpkin. But you'll have to wait out here in the van with your sister and make sure no one steals Max, okay? Like, who in their right mind would want Max? Two shiny black bugs about a half inch long landed on the window of our van. Yep, box elders alright, Dad said, eyeing them carefully. Basically just a harmless eyesore. To spray the entire premises will probably take about 20 minutes. But I'll try to get it done as fast as I can. If you girls need anything, I'll be right inside. Dad unloaded his equipment and lugged it up the front steps. Before he could ring the doorbell, a frantic-looking middle-aged lady in designer clothing opened a door and ushered him in. Brianna started to pout. I want to go in there with Dad. No, you're supposed to stay here and watch Max, remember? I said sternly. Brianna wrinkled her nose at me. You watch Max. i got to go to the bathroom. Brianna, Dad will be back real soon. Can't you just hold it a little longer? No, i got to go now! I was like, just great. All of this drama for a measly ten bucks. Okay, fine, I said, finally giving in. 
When we go inside, don't touch anything. Just use the bathroom and come right out. Got that? I want to say hi to Dad, too. No, you're going to use the bathroom, and then we're coming back to the van to wait for... Before I could finish my sentence, Brianna slid open the van door and dashed to the front steps. By the time I caught up with her, she was already leaning on the doorbell. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. The flustered looking lady answered the door again and looked surprised to see Brianna and me. Um, I really apologise for disturbing you, I stammered, but we're out in the van waiting for our dad and... Hey lady, I gotta go pee, Brianna interrupted. Then she started squirming and making ugly faces for maximum dramatic effect. The lady looked at Brianna, then at me, and then back at Brianna. She stretched her thin red lips into a strained smile. Oh, so your dad is our exterminator? Sure, honey. The bathroom is right this way. Follow me. The inside of the house looked like something out of one of my mum's fancy home and garden magazines. We were headed down the hallway off the foyer when the lady stopped in her tracks. Ah, oh, wait. There's bug spray in all the bathrooms on the main floor. You're going to have to use one upstairs. All of the bedrooms have an attached bathroom. I'd escort you myself, but my caterer is supposed to call me any minute now for my final headcount. The telephone rang and the lady gasped and rushed off, leaving us standing there. Brenna smiled and darted up the huge staircase ahead of me. As she entered the first bedroom on the right, she squealed with glee. Ooh, pretty! It was decorated in shades of pink and had plush carpeting soft enough to sleep on. The laptop and big screen TV were to die for. My entire bedroom could fit into the walk-in closet. But personally, it was a little too sugar and spice for my taste. Not that I was jealous or anything. Like, how juvenile would that be? Hey! Can I jump up and down on this princessy bed? Brianna asked. No, I snapped. Get down! It took all my willpower not to snoop. I wondered what school the girl attended and if we could ever be friends. I bet she had a perfect life, unlike me. Brianna skipped into the adjoining bathroom and locked the door behind her. Wow, I'm going to get a bathroom like this for my birthday. Soon, I heard the toilet flush, but after three minutes, she still had not come out. Brianna, hurry up, I shouted through the door. Wait, I'm still washing my hands really good with this strawberry soap, and then I'm going to put on some yummy-smelling cupcake body spray. Come on, we have to get back to the van now. Wait, I'm almost done. Suddenly, I heard a sickingly familiar voice. But, Mom, I can't have my party with these horrible bugs crawling all over. We should have had it at the country club like I wanted. This is totally your fault. I almost wet my pants. It was Mackenzie. I was like, OMG, OMG, OMG. Today was a party I had not been invited to. It was like a demented nightmare. I was trapped in Mackenzie's bedroom. My sister was locked in Mackenzie's bathroom. And my dad was exterminating Mackenzie's house. And if all that wasn't awful enough... Our van, with the humongous roach on top of it, was parked in Mackenzie's driveway with my last name plastered across the side of it. The van, not the roach. I wanted to dig a deep hole in the lush pink carpet, crawl into it, and die. I pounded on the door. Brianna, come on, open up. I'm busy, go away. You've been in there long enough, now open the door. 
Say pretty please. Pretty please. Now say pretty please with sugar on top. Okay, open the door. Pretty please with sugar on top. No, I'm not done yet. Mum, this party is going to be a disaster. My reputation will be ruined. We have to cancel it. I could hear Mackenzie's shrieks getting louder. She was coming up the stairs. Brianna, open the door, quick. Please, it's an emergency. I hissed through the door. Wait, I'm putting on the yummy smelling cupcake body spray now. Um, what's the emergency? Now Mackenzie was in the hallway. Mum, I'm calling Jessica. She'll never believe this is happening to me. I had exactly three seconds to convince Brianna to open the bathroom door. Brianna, it's the Tooth Fairy. She's coming. I'm going to have to get out of here. Now. The lock on the door clicked and Brianna whipped open the door. She looked even more afraid than she had been at the Princess Sugar Plum movie. Did you say Tooth Fairy? Yes, come on. Let's hide. Quick. Brianna was panicking and starting to whine. Where is she? I'm scared. I want Daddy. Let's hide behind the shower curtain. If we're really quiet, she'll never find us. Brianna shut up instantly, but her eyes were as big as saucers. I actually felt a little sorry for her. We dove into the bathtub and huddled behind the shower curtain. I could hear Mackenzie stomping around her bedroom and screaming into her mobile phone. Jess, there's no way I can have this party now. Our house is crawling with bugs. What? How am I supposed to know what they are? They're these big blacker roaches or something. Some guy is here spraying, but now the house stinks. It stinks, Jess. How can I have a party with this house stinking? Nikki, I'm scared. I want my daddy now. I begged mum to let me have my party at the country club. Lindsay's mum let her have her party at the country club. But no, getting my mum to do anything these days is like pulling teeth. Why did Mackenzie have to say the T word? Brianna totally lost it and started climbing out of the tub. Oh no, did you hear that? She says she's going to pull out my teeth. I want to go home. Brianna, wait. I tackled her and hurled her in the headlock. Finally, she stopped squirming and went limp. Then the little brat bit me. Hard. I let go of her and yelped in pain like a wounded animal. Ew! But I did it inside my head, so no one else heard it but me. Brianna scrambled out of the tub, opened the bathroom door, and disappeared into Mackenzie's bedroom. I froze and held my breath. I could not believe this was happening to me. Then I thought, maybe this is just a nightmare. Like those scary weird dreams I was having earlier in the week about Chloe and Zoe. If I could just wake up, this would all go away. So I closed my eyes, pinched myself really hard, and tried to wake up. But when I opened my eyes... I was still standing in Mackenzie's bathtub with Brianna's, now black and blue, teeth marks on my arm next to a throbbing red pinch mark. I so wished I was dead. Suddenly, another idea popped into my head. If I turned on Mackenzie's shower and stood under freezing cold water for an hour, I might die of pneumonia. But even that could take a few days, and I needed to be dead right now. OMG, Jess, there's a little kid in my room. How would I know? She's appeared out of nowhere. I've told Amanda a million times my room is off limits to her and her pesky little friends. Hold on. Mom, Amanda and her friends are playing in my room again. Would you please do something?
Okay, Jess, I'm back. If they so much as touch my makeup again, I swear I'm gonna strangle. Don't you dare touch me, you, you, wicked tooth fairy! Brianna screamed at the top of her lungs. Suddenly, I felt really light-headed. I was sure I was about to faint. Hold on a minute, Jess. Who told you I was the tooth fairy? What are you doing in my bedroom, and where is Amanda? You can't have my tooths! Never! Brianna shouted bravely. Mum! Amanda! Hold on, Jess. I have to get rid of this little kid. Then I'm going to kill Amanda. Okay. Out of my room, right this... Stop! Let go of me! I love my tooths! There was a loud thump, and Mackenzie shrieked. Mum! I've been attacked by a demonic munchkin! OMG! I think I'm bruised. I can't wear my new Jimmy Choo flip-flops with a big bruise on my leg. Are you still there, Jess? I can't have my party like this. I've got a bruise the size of a pancake. No, I didn't get bruised by a uh, pancake. I said, hold on. I could hear Mackenzie hobbling down the stairs like a one-legged pirate. Click, clunk, click, clunk, click, clunk. Mum, last week Amanda and her friends put gum in my hair and coloured with my lipsticks. Now one of them just... When it sounded like Mackenzie's screeches were coming from a safe distance away, I jumped out of the bathtub, grabbed Brianna and tossed her over my shoulder like a sack of rotten potatoes. Without stopping even once, I hauled her down the stairs, through the hall, to the foyer and out the front door. I deposited her butt in the back seat of the van and slammed the door. My dad was in the back loading up his equipment. Ah, oh, there you girls are. Perfect timing. I'm all done. As Dad started the van and drove off, I stared at the house, half expecting Mackenzie to come limping out the front door, ranting that Brianna be arrested for creating a bruise that prevented her from wearing her new Jimmy Choo's at her birthday party. Amazingly, Brianna sat calmly in the back seat and seemed quite pleased with herself. Daddy, guess what? I went to use the bathroom, and after I washed my hands with strawberry soap and put on cupcake body spray, I saw the tooth fairy with rollers in her hair talking on a fairy phone and she said she was going to strangle me and put out all of my teeth to make dentures for old people so when she grabbed me i kicked her and she let go and started screaming for her mummy then she flew back to fairyland to go to a party for jimmy shoe she's not so nice that's for sure i like santa and easter bunny much better lucky for us dad was only half listening to brianna's rambling really pumpkin so is that what your princess sugar plum movie was about at the next stoplight, I noticed a carload of teen boys pointing and laughing. I put my plastic bag back over my head and slouched down in the seat. I was so mad I could spit. All of this drama for a measly ten bucks. Alright, and that's the end of that for today. Thanks for listening.